Grab your Bibles this morning, your, your iPads or phones or whatever else there, and uh, turn with me to the book of Joshua. As you know, over the last few weeks, we've been talking about kind of crossing the Jordan, entering into the promised land. And uh, today we're starting a new series, and uh, this series today we're calling, we're, It's Your Time Now. It's Your Time Now. And um, how many people say, I want it to be my time now? Anybody ready for it to be your time? Amen. About a few of us, okay. Some of us, I'm just going to coast along where I'm at. But I believe God's got a better plan than coasting. I believe God's got a very intentional plan that he wants to uh, release in our lives. And so um, I, I really sense, I'm really having this little struggle in my heart this morning because I, I know that there's an impartation that God wants people to receive today. And um, I've talked about this in the past, and as a speaker and the other pastors here, you know this, that sometimes um, we take on the responsibility of trying to make people get it. And uh, one of the things the Lord has, um, has let me know in, uh, in recent years is, is I can't make people get it, okay? I, uh, if you're a cook um, and you set the table, you know what? People have to come and choose to eat, don't they? They have to come and choose to take and partake and eat the food themselves. And, and I just want to encourage you, not to be self-serving here, but I want to encourage you today. I believe, I know God has an impartation. God has a word for people this morning. And how many people say, if God's got something, I really want it this morning. Would, would you make that a part of your declaration, your prayer today? Come on, let's pray. Let's just, let's, let's, let's make that our confession, all right? Father, I thank you this morning that we really do get to come together and be your people. I thank you that you love us. I thank you, God, that what we declare today, God, that, that we are never alone, that you're always with us. And, and God, you're not just out there in front of us fighting battles. You are with us. And Holy Spirit, you are in us. And so we welcome you, God, now just to come and to work in us, to help us, God, to take hold of everything that you have for us. Lord, we don't, we don't want to stay where we're at. We don't want to leave anything behind. We want everything that you have for us today. And so we take authority over anything that would seek God just to, to try to, um, to distract us, Lord. And we say today, we give you our full attention. We receive, we set our hearts to receive all that you have in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 So are you there? You're in Joshua chapter 5. And um, we know that the children of Israel, they've come out of Egyptian bondage. They've, <clears throat> excuse me, they've wandered <clears throat> in the wilderness for 40 years. They finally, Moses dies, they uh, Joshua takes over as the leader. They go across the Jordan River, and um, we kind of celebrated that with our dedication service a couple of weeks ago where we, you know, took rocks and we declared that this was going to be a memorial for generations to the generations and to the nations. And so um, during this time, we see that the children of Israel, they pass over the, the, the Jordan River there. They come to a place into the promised land. And as they um, enter the promised land, they kind of make a, a right turn, they head north, and they settle in this place called Gilgal. And uh, as they settle there, they, um, God begins to work in them, and God begins to minister to them. And for the next, really, for the next 40 years in the history of Israel, it's going to be one of the most amazing times of their entire history. Uh, one, some writers call it, and some people talk about it being the glory days of Israel. 
that during this time they, they took possession of lands, they conquered kings, they, they defeated the enemy, they brought down walled cities, they, um, they destroyed, they, they beat the giants. It was just an amazing season of victory and blessing and, and increase. It really was like God was saying to them, to the nation of Israel, for all the things you've gone through, for all of the things that you've dealt with, for all of the stuff that took place out in, in, um, in Egypt, in bondage and all those things, it's your time now. And, um, and I believe that in the very same way God declared that for them, I believe for New Covenant Church, it's your time now. I believe for you personally, it's your time now. Why don't somebody just join me and say that? Say, it's your time now. Turn to the person beside you. Go ahead and tell them, say, it's your time now. Amen? Say it as a prophetic utterance just to, to that person. It's your time. It's time to step in all the God, for all the God that has. <clears throat> Amen. I like that. <clears throat> so Joshua chapter five, let's pick up in verse eight, all right? We're gonna read the scripture and then we're gonna make some observations and see what God wants to say and do here this morning. So Joshua chapter five, verse eight, it says, so when they had finished circumcising all the people that they stayed in their places in the camp till they were all healed, then the Lord said to Joshua, this day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Therefore, the name of the place is called Gilgal to this day. Now, the children of Israel camped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at twilight on the plains of Jericho. And they ate of the produce of the land on the day after Passover, unleavened bread and parched grain on that very same day. Then the manna ceased on the day after they had eaten the produce of the land, and the children of Israel no longer ate manna, but they ate the food of the land. So let's, let's take this apart a little bit piece by piece, all right? Verse 8 there talks about that, that they had moved into this place called Gilgal. And, and in Gilgal, what we find is this is kind of a plain. They cross over the Jordan River and they're on this kind of this flat lands and they're looking and they're seeing the mountains. And so they move north along the base of the mountains and they establish themselves at a place called Gilgal. And so in Gilgal, and Gilgal really means this, it means a place of new beginnings. It was the place where, um, where they rolled away, and we'll talk about this in just a minute, where, where things were rolled away. It really means rolled away. It was the place where the past was rolled away. It was a place of new beginnings. Anybody thankful for new beginnings this morning? Man, I am thankful that, for those new beginnings. And this place became more than just a, a piece of dirt, more than just a land. It became a very holy place. And if you read on in, in Joshua chapter 5, you'll see where Joshua had an encounter with the angel of the Lord, the, the, the one who came to be the host of the army of the Lord. And, and he said, take off your shoes because it's a holy place. I, I believe that a holy God wants to do holy things in his people and to make this a very holy place. Amen? So... When they move into the promised land, um, they had a whole lot of things that God had told them they were going to do. And we, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about they were going to beat all the ites. Do you remember the Girgashites and the Hittites and the Amorites and, and all these ites, all these different spirits were going to be defeated, all of these different manifestations were going to be defeated. But before they moved into that place, before they came to the place of possessing the promised land, there were some first things that they did. 
And that's what I want us to talk about today and focus on some of the first things that took place in the land. And, and, and we'll look directly in the scripture here and see how this works. So there, one of the first things that we see in verse 8, it says, So it was when they finished circumcising all of the people. They circumcised the people. Well, this whole issue of circumcision is really about identity. And, and the very first thing that they did was the, there was a redemption of identity. God had chosen the children of Israel to be his people, but they had lost their way. They had gone into bondage. They had actually gone into sin. They had forsaken the Lord. They spent 400 years in bondage. And then they come out and they spend 40 years in the wilderness as wanderers. Let me tell you this today, God's intention for your life and God's intention for my life and God's intention for his people is never to be people who are in bondage. Can anybody say amen to that this morning? That's not his desire, that's not his intention, that's not his purpose for the children of God. And God's intention is never for us to be wanderers. We don't have to just meander around, we are a people of purpose and intention. God's got a plan for your life. God's got things he wants to do in you and things he wants to do through you, just like he does for this church. So God's about this process of redeeming their identity through circumcision. Look, what they had been in the past may have allowed them to survive as wanderers in the wilderness, but it would not allow them to be conquering champions and warriors in a new land. And today, I believe God's saying, it's time to rise up and allow the spirit of victory to be on each and every one of our lives. Does anybody receive that this morning? God's plan for you is victory. God's plan is, is more than survival. God's plan is, is more than better. And, and, and I really believe this is for somebody today. There's so many times we focus on just being better. I just want to be a better person. I want to be a better Christian. I want to, I want to be, have a better life. But can I tell you that God's plan is not just better. God's plan is new. And what God was doing with these people the ones that had, he had brought into the promised land is he was restoring something that had been lost. Has anybody here ever come into a, a, a place in your life where maybe you've, you've kind of got busy in life and maybe you've just got caught up in the toils and the cares of life and before you know it, you've stopped doing some things. You've, you've forsaken some things that were really healthy and valuable and, and essential for your life. Anybody here ever done that? Anybody here ever got so busy they've stopped exercising or stopped, uh, stopped eating right? Or maybe you, all of a sudden before you know it, you know, your, your schedule gets crazy and, and you get frustrated by your schedule. And so then instead of taking charge of your schedule, you just sit and like spend a whole day watching television. Has anybody else done that? Because you, know, you know, like that, how many, how many times has that ever really helped anything? You know what I'm talking about? And see, the children of Israel had lost their identity. They had lost who they were and what they were about. And God says, I want to redeem this. And so he does it with circumcision, which is, a, I think, a very, um, we're going, Lord, thank you that today you deal with the circumcision of the heart, right? So uh, and he says, um, I'm going I'm to impact your identity. I want you to know that even the, in the most intimate moments of life, I want you to never forget who you are, that you are my people. So he's redeeming this identity in the, in the children of Israel. Another thing that he does, there the scripture says, um, and, and let me say this, it says, and they stayed in their places in the camp until they were all healed. 
can, can I just very directly just, um, just be pastor for a minute and tell you that, that I think this is one of the greatest challenges that people deal with when, when hurts and wounds come into their life, that all of a sudden they find themselves backing up. Anybody ever here, has anybody here ever been hurt by anybody? Has anybody here ever been hurt by anybody? Okay. If you're alive, you've probably been hurt, right? And I don't know about you, but if somebody hurts me, then what I find is I tend to back up, to put a little distance. And I'm not saying that's always bad. There's certainly boundaries. There's certainly loving, uh, loving boundaries that can be established. But many times what happens is we let a wound come into our life in such a way that we move further and further and further away from people. We move further and further away from the people who can pour healing and grace and goodness into our lives. Yvette and I, through the years, have marveled that um, how many times somebody will have a conflict. Let's take, for example, a couple. Now, I know couples never have conflicts, but um, couples never have conflicts, right? Uh, but, but, but a couple has a conflict, and so maybe a husband and a wife have a conflict, and they get upset with each other, and what's one of the things they do? Well, they pull away from the church. They back up. I love what, what, what the scripture says here. It says that after the circumcision had taken place, the surgery had taken place, they stayed in the camp until they were healed. Can, can I say that, that this is a place where healing takes place? And, and this isn't a place for perfect people. This is a place for hurting people. This, this is a place for people who are in the process this is a place where maybe you're an explorer today. Maybe you're not really sure about this Christian thing and, this, and this, this Jesus thing. But can I tell you, you're welcome to come in. And you're welcome to test. And you're welcome to find out for yourself. And, and you may not be perfect. And you may have struggles. And you may have battles in your life. But can I tell you this, that, that, that you're welcome with your hurts and with your pains and, and, and with all of the stuff that's not quite how it needs to be. God wants it in your life. You're welcome in the camp. You're welcome in the house. Because if you'll come in and if you'll stay in, if you'll press in, can I tell you this, that God's intention for your life is to bring healing to you. God's intention is to pour his love and to pour his grace and to bring a miraculous manifestation of healing into your life. He wants to do that in your heart. He wants to do that in your mind. He wants to do that in, your, in the depth of your emotions. He wants to do that in your marriage. He wants to do that in the relationship with your children. He wants to do it in your body. God's intention for his people is, is wholeness, is healing. I looked that word up, healing, there, um, and, and I, as I was looking it up, I, I, it was interesting. It's not just, just heal, but it says this. It means this. It means to live, to have life, to remain alive, to sustain life, to live prosperously. Can, can I tell you that sometimes it hurts if you're just trying to make it and it feels like you're always falling short and it feels like that, that man, every time you stand up that, that a wave comes and knocks you back down. And, and, and I, can I tell you today, that's not God's intention for your life, that God wants you to, to prosper. Now, I know that we've distorted that word to prosper to mean everybody's rich and nobody has needs or problems or issues in their life. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that, that God wants you to be blessed so that he can bless the nations of the earth through you. Amen. And you know where he starts to bless the nations? With the person sitting beside you. Why don't you just look over at them today and say, I bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Just bless them. I bless you, baby. 
healed, to live, to be quickened, to be alive, to be restored to life or health. And that's why I really do want to say thank you to the Kairos team. Kairos team, you imparted healing. You imparted freedom. God worked through you to bring life yesterday, Friday and Saturday. <clears throat> thank you for that. And church, will you join me one more time? Let's just express our appreciation to the Kairos team. Amen. Now, I want to show you, I want to in my notes, um, on my yellow pad on Friday, but in my notes, uh, last night, I, um, I made a note here, and it says this. It says loneliness. Do you, do you think God might be speaking to loneliness this morning? Songs, uh, you're not alone, the word, the exhortation, the ministry, the impartation from Chris. Can I say this? Loneliness is not the sickness Loneliness is the symptom, right? Loneliness, loneliness isn't the sickness, it's the symptom. It's the symptom of us lacking and needing and wanting something in our life. And so many times while we become so aware of loneliness, it's because we're always reaching out, we're trying to reach out and get something from somebody else that only God can give us. Amen, do you receive that this morning? I want to be accepted. I want to be valued. I want to be cared for. I want to be nurtured. I want to, I want to be needed. And, and so we're reaching out and we're trying to draw from people. You know what? God loves you too much to ever be, let you believe that you can get from people what you really need to get from God. And this morning, I'm telling you, but by the word of the Lord today, that if you're dealing with an issue of loneliness in your life, and, and listen, Loneliness isn't just for single people, right? There's lots of people that have been married and lonely. There, there's lots of people that, that have been parts of teams and crowds and, and congregations and, and families, but have spent years and years in loneliness. And can I tell you today that the first cure for loneliness, the, the, the first step in being healed is to turn to the Lord and say, God, I submit myself to you. And with every need of my life, with every lonely place in my heart, before I ever look to anybody else, before I look to a spouse or a parent or a friend or, a, or some, someone else, God, I'm going to come to you today. I'm going to come to you today and I'm going to receive, I'm going to receive that word that Chris prayed over, that, that impartation that the, that the worship team saying that I am not alone. Because you know what? The enemy's going to speak and he'll, he'll say, well, there may be people around you, but they don't like you. Anybody ever heard that? Anybody ever heard that? Oh, oh yeah, they have to put up with you, You're, you know, but, but they don't really want to. And, and really, there's something wrong with you. Okay, maybe you've not heard that, but the, I guarantee the person sitting beside you has heard the enemy say, there's something wrong with you. And can I tell you that God's intention is to dispose, is to, is to dispossess the enemy from being allowed to speak into your life today and so that he can bring healing. And I want to tell you today, before we leave this place, I believe God's going to break, listen to me, he's going to break every lie, every stronghold of loneliness before we leave this house today. Does anybody agree with that this morning? I'm telling you, we're, it's going, it's healed, it's out. Listen to what he says. 
He says he's going to roll. Listen, verse nine there. Then the Lord said to Joshua, this day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Uh, This day, do you know what? They had been out of Egypt for 40 years. And today they're rolling away the reproach. They, they had been, they'd been gone from Egypt for a long time. And God says, but today I'm rolling away the reproach of Egypt. You know what I see? I see people who've been saved a long time, people who've known Jesus for a long time, but that are still bent over carrying a load, carrying identity, carrying some type of a reproach. You know what reproach really means? The word reproach means, it means shame. It means something that taunts us. Look at me, church. Let me, let, me, let me be real clear about this. There are a lot of things from our past that the enemy wants to use to try to identify us. Anybody here ever made a mistake in the past? Okay, I'm glad to not be alone there. So, And you know what the enemy will do? He'll come and he'll try to continually remind you of your past, of your past, of where you failed, of where you lied, of where you cheated, of where you did this and did that. And he not only tries to remind us of what we've done, but he tries to declare that that's who we are. Oh, you may put on that Christian stuff. You may put on that, which which really, he's trying to say, in the depths of your heart, in the depths of your heart, you're, you're a loser, you're a quitter, you're a this, you're a that. But can I tell you that God's plan is to come in just like he did with the children of Israel. Can you see the enemy going, oh yeah, look at them, the people of God, look where they've been all their lives, look at their whole history, 400 years in Egyptian bondage, look, they've been wandering out in the desert, they're nomads, they're nothing. God brings them into a promised land and he says, you know what, today I roll away. I roll away, I strip off of you, I take off of you anything that would try to identify you with the past because I've got, I've making you a new people and I've got a new plan and a new purpose for you. Do you receive that this morning? Do, do you hear that? Isn't it interesting? I love this when the, the New Testament says that God rolled all of our sin upon Jesus. Isn't, isn't that a pretty neat picture? That he, he takes everything that's on us and he takes it, all of our sin all of our shortcomings, all of our failures, all, all, all of our depravity, everything, he takes it and he puts it, he rolls it onto Jesus. If there's anything in your life that the enemy's trying to do that brings you to a place of shame or a place of, of backing up or a place of, of shrinking back from, from who God's intended you to be, can I tell you, today is a day when God wants to roll it off of you. The work's been finished. Jesus has paid the price. You don't have to carry the load anymore. Amen? Amen. Amen. Last night, um, uh, Bradley and Ashley aren't in here this morning. Last night, we got stuck babysitting our grandchild again. So, yeah. (laughs) So... So uh, Ashley, we pick him up, we, we meet him and we pick him up and, um, and Ashley gets out and all of a sudden she goes, wait a minute, come here, Jackson. And so he comes over and they put on, she puts on him this backpack that's like this much shorter than he is. You know, it's like this tall, this back, and he's kind of walking, he's like standing there. He's, he's frozen for a minute, you know, just like, he's like, come on. And so he kind of leans forward, he makes his way over to Mimi here, you know, and I was like, what are you doing? She goes, I'm tired of carrying his stuff. He needs to learn. She, Eve, Ashley did say that. She said, he's got to carry his own stuff. Come on, grow up, kid. Get out. You know, what's wrong with you, right? So, right, so. 
And if you really want good news, they're ministering to your children this morning. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so um, but I'm telling you, I thought that the Freedom Team did a great job of saying, hey, God doesn't want us carrying these backpacks. He doesn't want us carrying the load and sin. He doesn't want us carrying, he wants to roll it off of us today. Anybody say, let's roll it away, amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Another thing they did, and that was all the introduction, so uh, another thing they did real quickly <clears throat> was they restored some practices that had been lost. The first thing that they, verse 10 says, now the children of Israel camped in Gilgal and they kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at the twilight of Jericho. Can you, I, it's hard to believe that the people of God who had been brought out of Egyptian bondage had, had started forsaking the Passover. They'd start, they'd lost some of their spiritual alertness and spiritual awareness. Anybody here ever lost any of your spiritual disciplines in your life? Any of your spiritual closeness with the Lord? Scripture, when they came into the promised land, they do a few things. One is they take those rocks and they go over here to Gilgal and they, they build an altar. And then at, on that altar, they, they, take, they, they do Passover the remembrance of the time when God brought them out of bondage and, and when the firstborn, the firstborn of the enemy was, was, was killed and, and the death angel came over, but because, but, but because they were covered by the blood of the lamb, listen to this, because they were covered by a sacrificial lamb, death passed over them. You know what? How do you ever forget that? Danny and I were driving around the other day and we were just talking and we, somehow or another something came up and, and he was talking. I said, you know what though, Danny, I, I've got to tell you, I've never forgot getting saved. And I don't mean to be mushy, brother, but words cannot, words fail me to be able to express to you how much it means that I got saved, that my sins were forgiven, that, I, that my life was changed. Folks, we never outgrow being saved. We'll never get so spiritual that, that death being removed from our future ever becomes something passive to us. And, but they had forgot that. They'd forgot that. And then the scripture says that so they built this altar and they, and, and they, 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 they did Passover. And it was also a time of worship. Matt Broadfield did a great job yesterday just talking about how there's healing in worship. Amen. Give the Lord a hand for that. And, how that, how that worship and intimacy with God is a, is a place of healing, that God brings healing to us. And I, I want to tell you that, that, that how do people lose that aspect of worship from the Lord? Can I tell you what they did? They became familiar. Wandering out in the wilderness day in and day out, they get up, they set up their tents, they tear down their tents, they watch the pillar of fire, the pillar of fire is always there, the, the cloud's always there. They began to take God for granted, go out and get some manna, you know, eat some manna, make, you know, banana bread, whatever it is called, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, they, 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 it's just manna, 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 and it's always there. And let me, let me say something, we'll talk about this a little bit in a minute, but, but you know what? Their focus was all on them, setting up my tent, my camp, my spot, my space, my, my food, just enough for me. And if we always focus on ourselves, can I tell you that we'll never be a people of worship. Worship is about him. 
It's about him receiving the glory and the honor. It's, a, it's about him being acknowledged as who he is. And as we do that, it transforms something in us. But they had missed that. They had lost that. You know, another thing they had lost and uh, they had missed was um, Deuteronomy 26 talks about this. It says that the first thing that they were supposed to do when they came into the land was when they reaped some of the fruit of the land, they were to give an offering to the Lord. They were to give an offering to the Lord. So, so let, me, let me just ask some very practical, <laughs> uh, some questions here this, this, this morning. Is, is there... Um, are there any things that, have, that, that maybe have slipped away from your life? That, that, uh, has worship become something that it's something we go to and not something that we do, something that we are, worshipers? I, I, I'll tell you how, how a lot of this got started. Was, um, was the Lord speaking to me? The last couple of weeks, all of a sudden as I was thinking about this, this, this message and this lesson, the Lord began to say, Sam, you know what? That's not just the story of Israel. That's the story of Sam. It's like, what are you talking about, Lord? He said, I want to I remind you of some things. And he wasn't doing it in a way of condemning. It wasn't pointing his finger in my face. It was like, son, I want to I restore identity to you. I want to renew some practices. I want to help you put some priorities back in right order. Because you're going to need this to go and to be the, the victor to be the champion, to be the possessor of the land, to be the person that makes the influence and the impact in the world that I want you to be. I, I want to be who God wants me to be. Anybody want to be who God wants them to be? Yes. Amen. And so let me, let me just, I'll share my story a little bit and you see if anything relates. One thing is, the Lord talked to me, he said, Sam, how's, how about fasting? Now, I'm not trying to put this on anybody else, but Yvette can tell you, others can tell you that fasting has always been a pretty important discipline in my life. In my, I need fasting in my spiritual life. I need regular times where, we, where I focus, I get alone with God, I focus and, and get rid of, 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 other, of other things. And so I, I looked back and over the, the last six, eight, nine months, you know what has happened? Those regular times of fasting have been absent in my life. Here's a church, we, we, we've, we've emphasized very strongly since the beginning of our existence uh, that, that the first things belong to the Lord. How many people agree first things belong to the Lord? God deserves our best, he deserves our first, right? And so every month what we've done is the first part of the month, usually the first Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of every month, we, we've emphasized that as a time of prayer and fasting, of special focus on the Lord. But you know what? I've let that slip. I've let it slip for me personally and for us as a house, for us as a family. And then the Lord said, well, not just that, Sam, but, but what about remember? And for large seasons of my life, on, on Tuesdays, on Tuesdays, I would fast. Sometimes I'd fast all day. Sometimes I would fast just up until, you know, four o'clock or dinner time or whatever that. And then, but but it, it, was a, it was a spiritual discipline in my life that, that somehow or another, it wasn't like I just said, oh, I'm not fasting anymore, forget the fasting, I'm out of here, I'm feasting, man, that's all, you know. But it was something that slipped away, slipped away. The second thing the Lord spoke to me about, he asked me, he said, Sam, what about, um, what about your biblical, what about biblical meditation? 
A few years ago, the Lord spoke to me about just having a time every day of of getting alone and getting still. And I read a book by Jimmy Evans and it talked about biblical meditation. And it's been one of the healthiest things in my life. And I look back over the last few months and I know we've had busy things going on, but, but that discipline, that, that benefit of spiritual, uh, of, of sitting down and getting still and, 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 and just finding a time to just, you know, Eastern meditation, okay? You know, the, all this transcendental meditation, all those kind of things. That's emptying your mind, okay? Now, for some people, that's easier. No, don't say that. But, um, <laughs> right? But, but you know what? Biblical meditation is filling our minds with God. And I, I don't know about you, but for sometimes for me, it would be a discipline. It would take 15 or 20 minutes just to get all of the details, all the minutiae, all of the, the thoughts, all the stuff out of, because all, man, we've all got busy lives and busy minds. And, and I can't tell you how healthy it's been just to get to a place where finally, God, I just, oh, it's all about you. And God, you are eternal. And man, God, what does it mean to be all powerful and all present? And oh God, just to, I mean, just to fill, have my mind filled up with the Lord. It's been so healing. It's been so amazing. It's been so wonderful, but it's been so absent in recent times in my life. It wasn't something I decided to quit. It was something that slipped away, slipped away. Anybody ever had anything that's kind of just slipped out of your life? Here's one. So um, everybody's going, man, our pastor's in bad shape. <laughs> we got to pray, saints pray. I'm telling you. <laughs> so I am um, just talking to the Lord, and the Lord says, Sam, remember when you used to live by the motto, last word, his word, first word, his word? Yvette again can tell you, years, years and years. Last thing I'd do at night, I'd be in the Word. And I'm not, please understand, this is, I'm not puffing me up, okay? But, but the Word is important. I, I can't even tell you how many times you've had to say, uh, turn the light off, you're sleeping. No, I'm reading the Word. Well, you're snoring while you're reading the Word, so you need to turn the light off. You know, so, so, I need to turn the light off, okay? But last word, man, putting the Word, the Word, the Word. First word, get up in the morning. First thing, get, get in the word. Man, the word, the word, the word. All of a sudden, I noticed that that's not a practice in my life. We, we, I, okay, some people think this is heresy, but I have never agreed. We've never had a television in our bedroom. Some people, oh, what do you do? That's a whole different sermon, okay? So that's a whole different message. <laughs> Come back in February. We'll talk about it. <laughs> we'll talk about it. So, okay? I've just said bedrooms, there's better things you can do. But we've never had a television, but you know what we do have now? We have computers. We have iPads. And we don't just have a iPad. We each have iPads Sometimes we used to watch something together, and I think that's wonderful. I'm not saying I won't ever do that, but, but can I tell you this? The Lord spoke to me and said, it's time to restore back in the Word. Maybe that's not for you. Let me, let me share something with you, though, by the way. Can I read something to you? I know our times. Who's playing? Come on, okay. Listen to this. <clears throat> Effects of screen. Has anybody here ever had a problem sleeping? I'm not talking about in church. I mean in bed. Okay, sorry, I talk about in church. All right, so anybody... Listen to this, all right? Bad habits, the effects of screens, bad habits. Using your phone, tablet, or computer in bed is a bad habit. 
It's a big one that most people don't even realize harms their sleep and productivity. Anybody ever look at their phone uh, or watch an iPad before you go to bed? Anybody? Raise your hand. God sees it anyhow. There you go. Thank you. All right. So, um, okay. Um, most people don't even realize this harms their sleep and productivity. Short wavelength blue light plays an important role in your mood, energy level, and sleep quality. In the morning, sunlight contains high concentrations of this blue light. When your eyes are exposed to it directly, the blue light halts the production, halts the production of sleep-inducing hormone melatonin and makes you feel more alert. Let's make sure we have no blue, uh, we all have lots of blue light in here, okay? So, um, in the afternoon, the sun's rays lose their blue light, which allows your body to produce melatonin and start making you sleepy. By the evening, your brain doesn't expect any blue light exposure and is very sensitive to it. Most of our favorite evening devices, laptops, tablets, and mobile phones, emit short wavelength blue, li blue light. <laughs> that was good. That's good. Mm -hmm. All right, go ahead and give Kelly a hand there. That's right. So, so. We used to think God was in charge of church. Now we know it's the sound and tech people, right? So that's right. So most of our favorite evening devices, laptops, tablets, okay, they emit short wavelength blue light brightly and right in your face. This exposure impairs melatonin production and interferes with your ability to fall asleep as well with the quality of your sleep once you nod off. And we've all experienced We've all experienced what a, a poor night's sleep, that a poor night's sleep has disastrous effects. Does anybody here ever wake up during the middle of the night and use your phone to check and see what time it is? How many people? And wonder why you can't get back to sleep, okay? Or we certainly can't sleep without watching, before we check Facebook and make sure the whole world's okay, can we? I'm just saying it's a, it's a practice, okay? He goes on, he says this, the best thing you can do is to avoid these devices after dinner. However, he does give a caveat and he says, television's okay for most people as long as they sit far enough away from the television set, all right? <laughs> so, I don't want you to go into shock, you know, you know or something, I can't, not watching stuff, all right? <laughs> Folks, listen, I really do believe it's your time now. I believe it's your time, it's our time, a time for transformation and time for me to end the sermon, okay? So, here we go. Let me ask you just a couple of quick questions. Very, please, please, sensitively to the Holy Spirit, I'm just asking you to ask this question. Let's, let's ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, is there anything in my life that needs to be cut away, circumcised from my life? Anything that's impacting my identity as your son, as your daughter, as your child, as a warrior, not a wanderer, I challenge you, just ask the Holy Spirit that right now. God, is there anything that needs to be cut out of my life? Maybe there's some sin, some habit, some practice. Maybe there's some addiction that needs to be cut out of our lives today. God wants to bring healing, wholeness, life. He, he, wants you to, he wants you to be more than you've ever dreamed of. So Holy Spirit, is there anything? Let's ask this. Holy Spirit, is there anything that needs to be redeemed in my identity? Have I been believing a lie? Have I been carrying around a backpack or baggage that God, you want to roll off today? 
you want to roll off and bring healing. You want to remind me that I really am a son. I'm really a daughter. I'm a, I'm a child of God. I'm a conqueror and more than a conqueror in Christ. Let me ask this. Let's ask this to the Holy Spirit. Are there any spiritual practices that need to be restored in my life? Now, I don't want to meddle too much, but if church is once a month or when you feel like it, does that need to be restored? That I need to be in fellowship, in the camp, a part of the family? What about worship? What about tithing? What about, what about reading the word? What about prayer? What about, is there something, Holy Spirit, some spiritual practice that needs to be restored in my life? And finally, Holy Spirit, is there something you want to heal in my life today? Is there something you want to heal in my life today? If the Holy Spirit has spoken to you about any of these areas this morning, then can I invite you just to stand? Just stand and say, the Holy Spirit has mentioned some things to me and I want to I just come and submit them to him right now. You don't have to stand for anybody else. You don't have to stand for me. I'm, I'm okay, all right? But if genuinely there's some things that the Holy Spirit, that you believe that the Holy Spirit's speaking to you, that he wants to work in your life, then right now, we're just going to say, come Holy Spirit and do that. Why don't you just lift your hands and say, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit and and bring healing. I know that there's some people here that need healing in your physical body today. Come on, church, okay? Healing, and so we declare healing in your body. We declare healing in the name of Jesus. We say that by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. You were healed and you are healed in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus. For every place of bondage, every lie of the enemy, everything that's been distorted, for every, every piece of baggage that people are carrying on their lives right now, we say, roll it off, Holy Spirit, roll it off right now. And we come and we say, Jesus, forgive my sin and forgive my shortcomings and come and, and cleanse and roll away, roll away all of the shame, all of the torment, all of the reproach, roll it all away. And Jesus, thank you. Just tell him, say, Jesus, I thank you for taking it all, for carrying it all. I bless you and I praise you. I thank you for that. And God, right now, we say, um, we know that our strength is not sufficient. And we welcome your strength into our lives. God, for anything that I've left behind, any spiritual discipline, any spiritual practice, anything, God, that I've, I've left in the past, God, I, I say no. I receive it. God, I, I, I commit myself afresh and anew. <clears throat> afresh and anew. Come on. Say, Holy Spirit, I want to be all that you want me to be so I can accomplish all that you want me to accomplish. I want to live the life that you've created for me to live. And so Holy Spirit, I thank you for doing this now. <clears throat> In Jesus' name. Do you receive it, church? In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. While you're standing, everybody stand with me, all right? This work goes for everybody. We'll
Joshua 5.11 wraps it up. If you guys can stick that up there, Joshua 5.11, where it says, the result of all that God did in their life was that they ate of the Passover. They, they, ate, um, they ate of the fruit of the land, okay? Uh, they ate of the, the produce of the land on the day after Passover, unleavened bread and parched grain on the very same day. And the manna ceased on the day after they had eaten the produce of the land. Can, can I tell you this? God's got some new things he wants to bless your life with. God's got some things that go beyond the manna, go beyond just day after day and same-o, same-o. God's got some good stuff and he's got some special stuff. He's got some blessings that he wants to impart. The children of Israel then received the blessing and I believe today that God wants to bless you. Listen, I, I, I apologize. I, Chris, I apologize to our timekeeper here this morning. So, uh, but, I, but, but let me say this. Do you know what today is in the Jewish calendar? Does anybody know today's Rosh Hashanah? Today is the beginning of the Jewish New Year. Now, I don't know what that means to you, but can I tell you that there's something that's special, I believe, that God's saying to this body? Do you know today is the end? A year ago. We were talking about living in the year of Jubilee. It was the year when God put things in right order so that he could bring an increase of harvest and blessing into the lives of his children. Today, last night, the year of Jubilee ended and we start Rosh Hashanah, the new year. You know how they celebrated it? They celebrated it by dip, eating apples and honey and sweet stuff. And, can I just tell you today that I believe God wants to impart some sweet things into your life, some good things. Maybe you've had some hard times, some tough times. Maybe you've been chewing on some old bad stuff. But can I tell you today, God's got some new stuff for you. Amen. God's got some blessing and God's got some benefiting and God's got some increase that he wants to bring in your life today. And so I want to bless you this morning. I want to bless you. We, Anybody who says, I just want to receive the blessing of the Lord today. One more time, why don't you just lift your hands and say, God. Father, I really do believe, I believe this with all of my heart that, that it's not just another day, but it's a new day. I believe it's the start of incredible things in the lives of your people. And Father, right now, I say, just open the windows of heaven and pour out, pour out blessing. Pour out the blessing of good and sweet and prosperous and, and healthy things into the lives of your sons and your daughters today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah.